It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Carson Ray. Hey, everybody. It is a great day to talk about some X-Wing. And John McDermott. Hello, hello. Uh, We've got some very exciting news here. Uh, We don't know if this is a temporary solution or a permanent solution, but it looks like Fantasy Flight is now releasing new update articles, or I guess Atomic Mass Games too, releasing new update articles on Monday before we record. So we can actually be on top of the news this week for the first time in a long time. And we just have news, which is also just great to celebrate, right? We have news and it's right before recording. It's, it's all coming together. I think as far as podcasting goes, though, like if you're an X-Wing podcaster and they release news the day you record, that's about as good as hearing about like a new ship coming out. Yeah, it's also great when the content you get to talk about is coming out like four weeks after you talk about it, not a year later. So that's also fun. Yeah, so we've got uh, three new squadron packs coming out end of next month. And now we've got even more cards to talk about. Last week, we talked about the ones spoiled during the live stream from Atomic Mass Games. And now we've seen a new article release with new pilot cards and new upgrades. So we're going to talk about all this fun new stuff coming out uh, very, very soon. All right, so we've got uh, quite a few cards here to talk about. What are we going to do first? Are we going to do pilots first? Are we going to do upgrades? What's the uh, starting point, guys? Yeah, I think I'd... we just take it one box at a time. Oh, okay. So we That's go one like way to do it. they're all kind of linked together, right? We can just kind of talk about each ship and and what the focus is there. Cool, cool, that cool. makes sense. All right. That's logical. Let's start with John's favorite. John, we've got a new Imperial pilot coming. Well, several presumably, but a new one spoiled here coming in the Sky Strike Academy Squadron pack. Yeah, so we've got uh, yet another I-5 TIE Defender, uh, Vault Scarus from the show Rebels. Um, I was pretty excited to get another I-5 Defender. I I don't love this ability. I, I think it's kind of bad, if I'm being honest. Well, so you and I both kind of went through the same process of, wow, this ability looks insane, right? We can get three actions in a turn with a Defender, and, and then we're uh, brought down to Earth a little bit. When I explained how the rules of the game worked, yeah. Um, so <laughs> real unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I have a long history in teaching people board games of explaining rules that they've been doing wrong and just like making the game less fun. Um, so Volt Scaris is an I five defender pilot with the ability action header, gain one strain token to recover one charge before you engage. You may spend one charge to perform an action. Um, and then you've got the standard full throttle ability there. And then on the um, ability bar, Right below it, you've got one slot for a charge with the down-facing arrow, which means that at the end phase, if you have a charge for the ship, you lose a charge. Yeah, that little downward-pointing triangle, was that was kind of a, a rough deal-breaker where uh, Vault went from, okay, I get my normal two actions a turn with a defender and can sometimes get an extra one, um, which that that's wrong, right? Because you're never going to have a charge at the start of your turn. Right. Uh, because it's always um, decaying, and so you have to get that charge during your turn, so you have to spend that action. And so really what it is is like passive sensors, right? You mm-hmm. spend your action to get um, that charge back, and then when you engage, you get to take an action. 
Right. So, and this does have some application. Um, gaining a strain is kind of a steepish cost for this. I mean, you do have a lot of hit points on this ship, so you're not going to die in just a couple shots here. Uh, and there's applications there. So it's good for, you know, when you're not going to be able to get the target lock you want um, because you've got ships moving after you at a higher initiative six, or if you're matched for initiatives with other I-5s, um, it gives you a little benefit if you have to activate first. So there's some application here. It's just kind of, I mean, gaining the strain is a pretty steep cost here for losing out on getting the action when you actually perform actions it's nice to have that extra board knowledge though right no and i think i think there's definitely a place i'm kind of surprised like why can't it just be you know without the strain cost i don't feel like that's overwhelmingly broken right because you still don't have say you get that evade token you still don't have your focus or whatever for defense right so you just have that one evade token to get you until you engage right and you're really only doing this when um, you're up against ships that are going to be activating after you, right? Or, or, or um, activating before you in combat. So they're going to be shooting you. And, and so you will just have that one defensive token. And now you're also going to be down in agility on one of those attacks. Now, on the bright side for this, though, I mean, he is an I-5. And, you know, there's plenty of examples in X-Wing of ships that you really just pay for the initiative. You don't really have to care that much about what the pilot ability is. I feel like Major Von Reg is in that category where, like, you're paying yeah. for the six. I don't really think Von Reg's ever meaningfully contributed with his pilot ability to my games. But having the I-6 is enough. So having another I-5 option for defenders is really good. I mean, there there's some application here, too, as well. Um, if we see the meta trend back towards other I-5s and 6s, I mean, this does give you an option to reposition around those ships that maybe did move after you. Um, so maybe you've already got the mods, but now if you can get that booster barrel roll to get out of arc, then I guess in that sense, the strain isn't so bad. Uh, the defender's got a pretty decent dial, so it's probably going to clear it anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Kind of an underwhelming ability, I guess, but there, there's some there's some functionality for it somewhere. Okay, well, let's, let's bring it um, back up to whelming and look at the uh, Thai Defender Elite config. And I think that does do a lot to um, put Vault in a different context there, where suddenly that ability does look more valuable, even with all of its trade-offs. Yep, so the uh, Thai Defender Elite config is got requirements Imperial, Thai Defender, and Standardized, um, which Standardized, I think, was introduced with the um, Independent Calculations upgrade that became the Droid Tri-Fighter pack. So whenever you're running a standardized upgrade, all ships of the matching ship type also have to have that standardized upgrade. If you're running multiple TIE Defenders and you want to put a lead on one of them, you have to put it on all of them. Right, and this makes sense just from like, a, okay, I have to just keep track of either my squad or my opponent's squad um, of, you know, which ships is doing what, you know, especially with those like uh, separatist vultures of like, okay, trying to keep track of who has normal network calculations and who has independent calculations. That's just kind of like too much to ask. So it's like all of your ships uh, of the same ship have to have the same sort of configuration, which just makes things easier to keep track of. Uh, but this uh, TIE Defender Elite card has a pretty radical change to the TIE Defender. So, um, first of all, decrease the difficulty of your turn maneuvers, increase the difficulty of your Koyagran turn maneuvers, replace your full throttle ship ability with the following. Advanced fire control. After you perform a cannon or missile attack, if you have a lock on the defender, you may perform a bonus primary attack against the defender. So this is cool because it's basically... 
helping you decide how you want to utilize your defender, right? If you're actually taking it to get those secondary weapon options, because the defender is already pretty good. You know, it's got those three red dice, um, which very good. Um, and it's got the opportunity to get some multiple modifications. Um, so yeah, you sacrifice having those white K turns, um, but, you know, the defender, I don't know how many times I've flown a defender and thought it would be nice to have a white one hard. Um, oh, absolutely. It, right now it's red, and that's just so bad. Um, and in all reality, like, a defender is so good at actually, like, defending. Um, it's got four shields, three hull, and three evade, uh, three evade dice. So, I mean, sacrificing the free evade action for the opportunity to potentially double tap um, isn't, isn't terrible. Um that just obviously having that lock requirement. Um, so you're using your action instead of getting a focus or a barrel or boost, you're using it to take a lock. But Well, and I um, think it kind of underscores like the significance of being able to attack twice, that you have to give up the full throttle free evade in order to get the opportunity to attack twice. Um, because we've seen we've seen examples in this game too where ships that are able to attack twice effectively are very, very powerful. So having to get that trade-off there where you're not going to be quite as defensive kind of makes sense if you're going to be shooting twice. Um, obviously, ships like Colonel Vessery, who can acquire a lock if the ships he's shooting at is already locked, really going to benefit from this because that way he can get mods both times when he shoots. Um, so there's going to be great examples here where you're able to fire twice. I really think um, we have to see a good example of a, a cannon you want to use more frequently. Like There are a couple pretty good cannons, but um, if we saw one come out that was a little more... Um, versatile that would probably make more sense for this ship well and i mean there's still also missiles as well and that's kind of where i wanted to look back at uh volt uh scaris there is you know you do need to set up that lock right and so if you're taking a defender elite you really want to make sure you're getting that offense off uh, because you do have that reduced defense right you don't have that extra evade token and so we want to make sure we're using that ability to shoot twice as often as possible. And if that's reliant on you having a lock because you're using a missile upgrade, uh, well, then Vault does look pretty appealing there where I can kind of guarantee that if I do have someone in range, uh, when I engage, right, I can lock and then really set up that double attack. And we also have to remember defenders have a system slot. And, you know, this is called advanced fire control. Well, a great uh, system there is just fire control here we don't have to spend that lock to use this attack and so if we're using fire control system uh, we can get mods on both those attacks not just with vessery i actually really like the application of this card specifically on a high initiative defender with thread tracers because then you know they're, they're able to hand out locks to all their friends but then they also get to shoot again with their primary attack so it's kind of a really good two for one actually so, John, as our resident Imperial expert, do you feel like you're going to probably play with this card? Um, do you fly a lot of TIE Defenders? Um, I was doing some Defender stuff on um, Tabletop Simulator kind of back when the pandemic first happened. It's been a while since I've put one on the table. Um, I like them. I think they're fun more in, like, casual play and, like, store nights and fun games. I don't I, I don't want to say that either of these cards aren't competitive. Um, I, I don't think vault is i think there's definitely going to be a spot for the tie defender elite in like organized play um but i'll certainly try them i mean there's there's some application there somewhere yeah the unfortunate thing is like oh i'd want to take maybe like um 
one or two of the defender elites on like the low end generics, right? And just, you know, they have the hit points and just work on their efficiency and then pair that. Although you can't really fit three defenders, right? But if you had like one defender with the elite and another normal, like that would be kind of fun to have the offense and the defensive one. Um, but because of that standardized thing, they have to all be focused in one direction there. I mean, the caveat too always ends up being cost, and I don't want to speculate on what the exact points values of these two cards would be. Um, but I mean, like, there's a threshold where I think I'm not willing to sacrifice double mods for double shots, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, defenders are an expensive ship, and you either need an overwhelming amount of offense or the defense to keep that point investment on the table. Right. And it's cool you have both options there now with the yep. defender. We do have another config coming in this one. This is for uh, the TIE Interceptor, which also cut you get two of those in the Sky Strike Academy pack. Um, we're getting Sensitive Controls, which is for ships with the Auto Thrusters ship ability. This card's also standardized, and it reads, Replace your Auto Thrusters ship ability with the following. Sensitive Controls. During the system phase, you may perform a red barrel roll or red boost action. So here we're just trading out our normal linked reposition actions with doing that in the system phase. And they are red there, but you know your interceptors have a bunch of blue on their dial, so you can probably clear that. Well, and this ability is interesting, right? Because um, I think the standard auto thrusters in most cases for ships with higher initiative, like Sunter Fell, um, you're going to want the auto thrusters because it's more valuable to be able to do those actions after you've moved and seen the state of the board. But I think this card might be actually pretty good for the lower initiative interceptors uh, to give them a special little trick. Because I feel like, you know, the lower tier interceptors don't benefit as much from auto thrusters because oftentimes ships still move after them. Uh, with sensitive controls, that opens up their dial a lot. So they can do the red action before they move and then clear it immediately with a blue so that at the end of their turn they don't have stress. So they're ready to perform whatever they need to the next turn. Um, and that can do fun things like, you know, you can put drive your interceptor close enough to an asteroid where normally you'd hit it if you ha- can't turn, but then you can, you know, barrel roll out of the way or something. Yeah, I mean, maybe, like, you run a couple generic interceptors with a, um Inquisitor with sense, so you get that sense off, and then you can do your system phase booster barrel roll, which is pretty cool. Um, what I like about this card is the interceptor is not the only ship it's going to work on. <laughs> yeah, this one's funny. What? So of all the configs that we looked at, um, for the most part, they're ship-specific, and this one could work on either the TIE Interceptor or on the uh, TIE Silencer, which also just has the Auto Thrusters ability. So this is the new Kylo meta. We're putting this on Kylo. No. And it's going to be great. <laughs> I mean, I think it'll be pretty good on the lower initiative silencers. No, but yeah. you can put sense on Kylo, right? There you oh, go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's, I, don't know. That's true. I, I think I still want normal auto thrusters <laughs> on Kylo. Yeah, that seems good. Yeah, I want that with the extreme maneuvers, so we can do the one hard to boost. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is cool. And what's nice about it too is like it doesn't override doing an action, you know, in your actual action step. So you can do this, and then you can maybe either boost your barrel roll, or you can focus, or do whatever you want when you do your standard action. We're also getting, uh, we got some spoilers for some new Scum and Villainy cards coming in the, uh, what is it, Collaborators and, what's the Fugitives. Fugitives and Collaborators Squadron Pack. Um, so first up, we have a new Y-Wing pilot at I-3, Padrick, uh, who appears, I believe, in the Bloodlines novel. Um, this pilot reads, after a friendly device that you have locked detonates, each enemy ship at range 0 to 1 of that device gains one strain token. 
It's weird. It's a weird ability. I think this ability is just really cool. It is weird. Um, it's a cool design space, though. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're, you know, we have to spend that action, right? We have to get that lock. And we have to take it that turn unless we're using the um, delayed fuses because that device is just going to be um, around for one turn, generally. But then we get to boost up that bomb. Right, so it's a cool trade-off of um, you're sacrificing your action to enhance a bomb, which is cool. So, And it could be a bomb either that you've dropped or someone um, with a lower initiative than you have dropped already. Um, and then you're just adding an extra penalty to the bomb, which is super cool. Um, because, you know, there's a, a decent number of very cheap bombs that will, like, if you add passing out a strain to their effect, that suddenly makes them a whole lot better. And, like, gives you, you know, extra application for seismic charges because now it doesn't just target, like, things within the range of the rock, but anything within the range of the bomb also would take the strain. Well, like, what's cool with, like, a Y-Wing, right, you can have, like, a dorsal or ion turret on it, right? And so that strain that you deal out that turn might be more meaningful than taking a lock Um, because you might just be able to follow that up with another attack. Yeah, pretty straightforward ability. I don't think there's anything too in-depth to go into there. Um, But they did give us two upgrades that go with this ship. I mean, one is scum-specific, but the other one does pertain to Y-Wings in general. So they're both talents. We got the Cutthroat Scum-Only Talent and the Tierfon Belly Run Y-Wing Talent. (laughs) Belly Run. Well, let's look at the Y-Wing one first. So this card is interesting, but I, I dislike it for two reasons. So the the card reads, you can perform special attacks even while at range zero of asteroids. While you defend, if you're at range zero of an obstacle, attack dice cannot be re-rolled. Um, so my first gripe with this card is the, the name Tierfon Belly Run is just kind of gross. Like, it just makes me feel a little uncomfortable. <clears throat> <laughs> um, it's just weird. I don't get it. It Maybe is it's weird. It's like a flight thing. I don't know. The, the other reason I dislike this card is because it's kind of continuing the trend of making obstacles, like, not have their original purpose in the game, which is to be a de- detriment to you, and this gives you benefits for being on obstacles. And I absolutely hear that, right? And that was my first reaction when I looked at this. Um, and I've definitely been on that soapbox, right, of we need to have obstacles matter and they should always kind of hurt. Um, and, and be something you want to avoid. This is that kind of design space where I'm I'm a little okay with it, where you know we are getting some upside for obstacles, but we still do have a pretty big cost, right? You still have to run um, onto that obstacle, and so if it is an asteroid, right, you still are going to roll for damage and not get your action that turn, um, but you can still attack, and your attack um, is going to be more substantial, right? They can't modify their defense dice. And, like, you have to time when you hit that obstacle. Like, a Y-Wing can't just park on the obstacle, and so you have to time when you do go over it with, um, you know, when you do want to be attacking. And it's got to be a secondary attack. Yeah, which so that's interesting, right? So if you're going to shoot, like, torpedoes or something, you're going to have to already have that a target lock or have a way to acquire the target lock because if you fly over an asteroid, um, you're obviously not going to get an action. So I, I think there's a lot more skill to this. It doesn't bother me in the same way that um, like uh, grappling struts does because 
like this one is very circumstantial and you won't always want to do it. It's just kind of a cool trick to have when you do need to use it. It's not like grappling stretch, which just encourages you to ignore a fundamental part of the game and do that every game you play. Right. Like it's so obstacles are great because they really do enhance like the decision making of this game. It's like, oh, now there's like a risk reward thing. And like, yes, the turf on belly run does, um, you know, upgrade that reward part but that risk part is still there um and so that's where i think you know if we are going to have cards that are going to interact with obstacles like this is the path that i want to see them go down i'm sure it'll be a cool card i'm just having do you still dislike it john i'm still having one of those moments where like people ironically enjoy being unhappy so like this is just me for this card but i think it'll (laughs) be cool um i like that it's not faction specific i think that's um it's ship specific um we haven't seen uh i don't think any of that really um which is cool design space in itself well and i know those rebel y-wing players have a really hard time avoiding the rocks um (laughs) I mean, when you're only just doing one straight, it's hard to avoid anything. <laughs> right, but this could go on a Republic Y-Wing, right? That's cool, too. I feel like that's kind of how it's inspired, right? Because I was, I was just watching the Clone Wars the other day when Anakin, like early on when Anakin does that Y-Wing mission. John, I was just thinking, since we, we've never really given each other nicknames on the podcast, I think yours could be Belly Run. I thought my nickname was Rat Boy. Oh, that's true. Sorry. Rat Boy Forever. We're also getting a new pilot talent card uh, for Scum called Cutthroat. This one reads, after another friendly ship at range 0 to 3 is destroyed, if that ship is limited or has the Cutthroat upgrade, you may remove one of your orange or red tokens or recover one non-recurring charge on your ship card or one of your equipped upgrade cards. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of text. It's a lot of text, but it's an ability that's, I think, pretty clear and makes sense. Like, it's not... I get it. One like thing back, of, if right? then, you get one like, thing back. Yeah. Um, this is cool on, you know, if you've got multiple ships, say you're running a bunch of scum Y-wings, um, or even, like, Skurgs, right, that have um, munitions or bombs, um, and, you know, those ships don't last forever because they generally have pretty low agility. Um but I think this is cool. Uh, it's got some application. And I just really like that it's got uh, my boy Cad Bane on it. I like Cad Bane a lot, and that's good art. Yeah, and I think it's maybe even better on, like, not Y-Wings, but, like, Z-95s or something with missiles. You know, the ships that can't reload them, right? And now we do get a second chance um, to get some of our missiles back. Oh, you blew up one of my Z-95s. Oh, no, now, now all my missiles are back. Um, sweet. Yeah, you take this and you take munitions failsafe. Then you're just set. I'm definitely getting kind of a uh, dedicated vibe too, but this one seems a little bit more valuable than the Republic's dedicated. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this it seems like absolutely the same design space. Um, and we thought that was a really cool design, right? It just didn't quite work out um, balance-wise in, in how effective it was. Uh, although I think we are starting to see some dedicated use now just with how Republic points are right now all right and finally we get to some of the biggest excitement coming from these squadron packs so we have the phoenix cell squadron pack coming out soon and this is coming with um a repainted prototype b-wing along with two repainted a-wings and with that we're getting a lot of new pilots one of them is now spoiled the initiative six harrison doula 
A-Wing pilot card. Wait, we just talked about Harrison Duel last week. I know, and this is going to seem very familiar, but this one's not a B-Wing pilot. Um, Hera's ship card for the A-Wing reads, while another friendly ship at range 1 to 2 defends or performs an attack, you may transfer one of your focus tokens, evade tokens, or locks to that ship. And uh, Phoenix Leader. What a great title. I mean, it's better than Napkin Bomber. Sure is. Um, I mean, this is a great ability. I think I like it a little bit better on an A-Wing than a B-Wing. Um, just because it's more of a support ability and like your A-Wing can just zip around and, and get those tokens where you need them. And wow, Initiative 6 A-Wing, right? Yeah, um, that's what we've I mean, the Initiative for. 6 B-Wing is cool, but I think the Rebel A-Wings have really suffered with Initiative and then suddenly, boom, here's High 6 Hera. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I I think this is something, I mean, Rebel A-Wings have struggled a fair bit just because they are so low on the initiative games and they've really been outshined by the Resistance's RZ-2s because they just have so many cool pilots and the built-in ship ability is amazing. Uh, so seeing an I-6 here, I think, is really going to help the faction here. Um, again, it's going to come down to how much it costs, too, because, you know, Initiative 6 usually don't come cheap. So um, if it's a huge jump over the existing pilots, that would be a hard sell, but... Um, the a pilot ability is cool, and having that support ability really fits into the faction identity for the Rebels. Do you think you run um, Han and Hera instead of Han and Jake to have double I6? No. Jake's support ability is still better. But two I6s. I don't know. Uh, we also, I mean, you could also run Hera with the new uh, config card we've got, which is Vectored Cannons rz1 so this card is restricted to ships with the vectored thrusters uh ship ability and it is also standardized so if you run this on one of your a-wings you're gonna have to run it on all of them um this one's a little confusing because it doesn't specify in the requirements that it's for the rz1 a-wing but they put rz1 into the name of the card um which it feels like a typographical error but i i guess we'll never know right We'll never know. It's unknowable. <laughs> it's completely unknowable. It, se like, it seems like, I mean, we don't know any other ships, right, that have vectored thrusters, right? So I guess, theoretically, this could go on a ship in the future if it had the vectored thrusters ability, but it would still say RZ1 on it, which would feel weird. Um, is this the card people are, like, most excited about with this announcement? Like, finally, Rebel A-Wings get to do the RZ2 A-Wing stuff with getting that turret um, I, I arc? <laughs> I think it's like it's got to be the most dramatic change. Like everything else seems um, interesting, but not as dramatic as this. So, vectored cannons reads: gain a mobile arc indicator. Treat the arc requirement of your forward-facing primary arc attacks as. Replace your vectored thrusters ship ability with the following: vectored cannons. During the system phase, you may perform a red boost or a red rotate action. You can rotate your mobile arc indicator only to your forward or rear arcs. Right, and so this is basically the same as the RZ2, except they have to do it during the system phase, right? And, and so that is a big difference. It's a weird caveat. Um, well, you know, the, the resistance stuff is, you know, newer tech and, yeah. and works better, right? They're, they're still figuring it out here in, in Rebel timeline. And I mean, that vectored cannons requirement, it isn't such a detriment if you know you're basically just like blasting past straight past your enemy right like if they're in front of you and you're just going to go straight behind them then turning your arc to the back is fine um but you know when you're in a situation where like you don't know where your enemy is going to go for sure then it's you know again like there's a lot of 
high risk, high reward stuff in X-Wing and you'll see that more and more in upgrades. But um, I think this one's actually like a pretty tame um, like detriment if I had to describe it as such. I mean, you can always boost too, so that's fine too. Yeah, and I think the boost thing there you can't undervalue too because that helps ships regardless of their initiative in the A-Wing because, um, you know, suddenly even if they're higher initiative ships, you can still block effectively with them by doing that preemptive boost before other ships move and then you move after everybody. Or if you're in a lower initiative, it just opens up your blocking potential and makes you more more unpredictable. Right, and so with this, like when you are at the lower initiative, I think there's really not that much difference from an RZ2. Um, and, and there's maybe even more upside um, than downside there. Uh, it is at the higher initiative where you start seeing some trade-off uh, or feel like you're missing some of that um, options. And, and part of it's like you might know what you're going to do, but your opponent doesn't know. And so that's one of the advantages of those RZ2s um, where they can rotate after they move. And, and so it is really difficult to know where they're going to be because with that um, double-sided arc, um, they really do have a lot of positions where they could end up where they can meaningfully contribute. And so if you're playing in a high initiative rebel A-Wing trying to do that and you have to flip ahead of time, uh, then you are telegraphing a bit what you're going to do and do give your opponent a little bit of opportunity to um, kind of read that information and make decisions accordingly. So we also have a new title card, actually two, but we only know the full details for one of them, um, for the B-Wing. So we have a title slash command card. So this is for actually epic play. Um, it is the B6 Blade Wing prototype, and this is restricted to Rebels and specifically the B-Wing. And this uh, card reads, add the gunner slot, uh, and then you gain an, a special attack, a forward firing arc three dice attack at range two to four with attack target lock, Gain one ion token to perform this attack. If this attack hits, the defender suffers one additional hit or crit damage for each matching uncanceled result after the first. It's just weird phrasing. It's a cool ability. It's just weird phrasing. I get it too. And like, it's a lot of text, but I think it makes sense. You just pay an ion token for a really powerful attack. Um, we don't talk a lot about epic play, but obviously this would be really cool because if you're taking on one of those capital ships and you get an attack through, you're just going to deal a massive amount of damage. And at a long range, right? Uh, yeah, a B-Wing shooting at range four seems pretty cool. Um, okay, so you mentioned Cad Bane's art being awesome. I think I think this card wins for best art of these sets for me right now. This is pretty cool. Just that huge laser with the B-Wing. It just looks awesome. I think maybe also honorable mention, the Defender Elite. Um, that looks pretty beautiful as well. Yeah, both of those. I mean, cards, a lot of the starts pretty on point. Yeah, both of those cards look almost like stills right out of the show. Like if you've watched Rebels, like this art on the right Bladewing prototype. There's like the dust kind of in the air yeah. with both of them. I think it's really cool. You can just kind of like hear that laser though in that art. Like it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So the uh, Bladewing prototype, obviously, that's for epic play. They did mention in the article that there's going to be a standard version of this for regular X-wing play. We just don't know what that's going to look. Probably like goes yet, to range so. five, right? Probably goes to range five. Obviously. We're adding an extra range band to standard X-wing. That would be everyone would love that. I'm sure judges everywhere are happy about that. Um, no, we don't know what that's going to be, so that's interesting. I, I feel like we should just take a second to just talk about how cool that design is of the extra damage with that blade prototype. Where, you know, in X-Wing, usually you really only do like one to two points of damage because like a lot of it gets dodged, right? And here, you know, for each one beyond that first, uh, you get to double it, which is so cool. 
Well, and that's always been a uh, limit of X-Wing design, right? Like, damage output has always been linked to accuracy. So, like, ships that are really good at hitting other ships are typically also good at doing a lot of damage. Um, we've never seen, like, a low, uh, you know, a low attack die, high accuracy ship, because that's not really built into the mechanics. So this is a cool workaround for that, where, like, you don't roll a lot of attack die, but if you hit, you do a lot more damage. What are you talking about? 1.0 Hawk. Low attack die, high high accuracy. <laughs> high accuracy. Um, I killed many a Phantom with that primary attack one die. Yeah, that, that cool. thing was great. Almost as good as this um, Bladewing prototype. Overall, how you guys feeling about this stuff? Uh, pretty excited. What I think is really cool about this is, like, I mean, these are all ships that I've already seen a bunch of play. Um, you know, the, like, you see these in almost for all these like factions, like you see a defender or interceptor in so many lists, right? And, and same with like um, Hawks and Y wings and A wings and B wings. Like these are just cool ships that you see already, right? And just to give them like more versatility is really what we're getting, right? There's just different ways to use these on the table. And I think that's awesome. I think as much as I love seeing new pilots too, and we got a lot of new pilot cards we talked about last week, um, there's something about seeing upgrades which have so much more application because they can go on so many different pilots that I think get me a little bit more excited about these expansions where suddenly I have to think about all the possible combinations across all of these ships, not just a handful of new pilots. Uh, but there is also some pretty sweet pilots, right? I mean, two different Hera's, like that's awesome. Uh, we see Kanan Jarrus in the Hawk, right? That's awesome. Like they, I think there's a lot to be excited about with these, which is great. Yeah, it makes me all the more excited to get back to playing some X-Wing on the table. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. Please consider going on iTunes and leaving the podcast a five-star review, saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen. And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash radio TCX and become a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already supported the show. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week.